0: Hello, and welcome back to our fourth and final podcast. Thank you all for joining me today. Um, My name is Kwasia Penix, as usual. Um, Today we will be working on a reflection for um, Benevolence Farms and my internship for the semester. So I wanna first begin by talking a little bit about the structure of my work. So when I first began, I was a little concerned because it was a less structured more very lax environment that I participated in. Um, I really had the autonomy over what I wanted to learn from this and what I wanted to get out of this internship. And so that was the main thing that my supervisor wanted to me to know was I have full control over what I wanted to learn and what I wanted to get out of this internship. While yes that was kind of concerning at first, it really gave me the independence that I needed and wanted to be able to work part of this internship. So while interning, I was able to conduct research um, looking at the 12 principles of permaculture and how it can be used as a development model for residents at the farm and helping them integrate back into society. So while working on this, we were working on things such as, you know, um, self-improvement, self-goal, self-development, looking at how their work on the farm translates to their work in society, getting a job, interacting with different people. We looked at things such as focusing on accepting feedback and looked at how diversity applies to not only within race, it's not only exclusive to race, but it's within personalities, within perspectives, within the person itself can have many diverse aspects to them and looking at also like how the farm is diverse and how staff members are diverse. Um, I was really able to learn that this is an organization that focuses on the person and the individual and their needs of it and really individualize aspects of the program for the specific person. While Benevolence farms has a set positions and job descriptions and tasks that each staff member must complete, it was interesting and in that I learned that with it being such a small organization, each staff member tends to help each other out accordingly. So while there's a executive director, a farm enterprise manager, and a re-entry coordinator position currently hired, they all tend to still help each other out. So each one of their jobs and tasks align with basically the main goal of putting the resident first. So it's to have like something needs to be done mentality, then it gets done no matter whose job it is to get done. And while they have each set specific job duties, they still help each other out. So they still make sure that the resident gets to their goal, gets to their places that they need to be and reaches whatever they need and goals that they need to reach. And so one thing that I learned is you can see that applying from class to the internship a lot of case management was used, so a lot of tracking each cases and connecting to resources. And one specific thing that I want to point out that was being done really well is the self-advocacy and the self-empowerment aspect of it. So each resident, at the end of their two-year programs, up to two-year program, their goal, main goal is to not recidivate back to prison. So their main goal is to help establish and build a life for themselves so that they can survive and that they can make it out here on their own without the farm's assistance any longer once they complete their program time. And so while these are many things that the farm does well and as I align as I spoke about in podcast 2, we can see that you know the agency does a really good job of making sure each resident feels included, individualized, and make sure they are celebrated in success. So as I've realized and what I've learned while being an intern is truly a more of a family bond, family atmosphere at Benevolence Farms. So while each one of the residents are facing their own struggles and facing their own marginalization and facing their own oppression within the community, they themselves all could identify as a formerly incarcerated female. So they build that community and they build off of that and they build up to, they build each other up in support. So this is their support system. And as I see the social needs being identified as I identified in my episode two, I think the farm does a really great job of providing safe housing for women who have been formerly incarcerated as women have the formerly incarcerated women have the highest rates of homelessness among everybody in the general population being incarcerated. And we can see that, you know, employment is a very hard issue and a very high issue rate within every incarcerated persons and the stigmas that lie within that. So we can see the farm providing, you know, employment opportunities for these individuals who need it and who seek those employment opportunities. So they do a very, very great job of addressing some of these social needs within the farm. And not only that, they also provide physical, mental, and emotional support as well. So um, for instance, If they needed a doctor care or be reported to a physician, the farm helps subsidize those costs and help them apply for the resources that they need to receive those assistance as well. So the farm just isn't a program where the residents get to sleep and lay their head and work. It does so much more. It helps them get those resources that they need to become a self-sufficient person. That gets them the mental health that they need and helps them continue that throughout the program. And hopefully, after they finish the program, continue those with those resources as well and continue with the upkeep of themselves. Um, One thing for sure that I recognize working with these women is my own privilege, right? Is my own privilege of being a college graduate and an individual who's never ever faced a criminal charge or been in the prison system. I understand my privilege of being able to go places freely and not face stigma of being an individual with a criminal record. So I am able to go to any state park. I am able to go to any place or even rent a home from a community and a landlord that won't stigmatize against me just because I am a person with a criminal record. And these are everyday things that us as free people don't think about, right? Trying to go and purchase a house from a landlord. We think about, oh, our credit, but we don't think about us being an individual who's being stigmatized because... Of being an incarcerated person or being stigmatized because they have a felony on their record. So the farm really helps work with landlords to even, you know, help give second chances to people facing criminal charges and individuals facing those stigmas who aren't able to rent from certain places due to their criminal records or helping individuals find somewhere to live in a community where they can be a productive citizen in society. Um, I would say a most thing that I a challenge that I faced most or the thing that I found most challenging would be my ability to know what to say in certain situations. And so I'll explain what I mean by that a little bit. So as working in a human service field and as a human service profession, it's very important to remain conscious of empathy and remain conscious of any triggers or traumas that people may face. It's very important to understand that individuals in these target populations and these fields that we work within are traumatized people. They are individuals who face many traumas, who face many hardships. So one thing that I faced that I found hard was trying to be mindful and professional about things that I would say and be intentional about the communication that I held in the conversations that I held with these with the residents. For example, I'll use this upcoming Mother's Day as a holiday. This can be a very sensitive topic to an individual who's been formerly incarcerated as a woman. So studies show that mothers are majority prime and sole care providers and tend to have children of themselves And so family relations can be a very, very sensitive topic and triggering topic for some residents. So while I see this and celebrate this as something very happy and trying to build connections and community, I have to be very aware that it may be a sensitive topic and I cannot, I have to go about a certain way of talking about this topic and I have to be aware that the residents will let me know that if this is a sensitive topic or not. Uh, One thing that's helped with this challenge, though, is that my supervisor was very diligent about letting me know what may be sensitive to a resident. So she was very intentional about alerting me that, hey, this may be a touchy subject for this resident, or hey, when we talk about this part of our research today, make sure it may be get a little a little triggering for some individuals. And so that made me much more aware of the situation and much more aware of the things that I would say or the things that I might think or even how I react to some of the things that they would tell me as a response to what had may trigger them. I found that Benevolence Farms really truly embody the seven core principles of human services. Every time that I was there and each interaction that I saw I could relate to what we were talking about and discussing in class, right? So as we talk about the seven core principles, the first one would be viewing the world through a systems perspective. So this means in the farm standards they actually help women leaving north carolina system prison systems and individuals who've been affected by the criminal justice system so uh, looking at larger numbers benevolence farms is one of the only organizations in north carolina who does this and looking at it on a national level there are very few organizations around the world who will commit to assisting these national numbers and trying to combat these national recidivism rates that we have valuing human difference and inclusion Benevolence Farm is one of the only places who does not discriminate against charges, meaning we are an organization who gives chances to individuals with even violent crimes on their charges or even may be registered as a sex offender. As we are built on the premises and truly belief of second chances. This organization is inclusive to individuals with even differently abled bodies or individuals who maybe have different goals, different lengths of time that they spent in prison and pursuing social justice. So this is the main, one main goal of Benevolence Farm. Social justice and trying to combat and help women who's been just by the criminal justice system working with people and utilizing a strength-based perspective so the clients that we work with we truly try to empower them to be able to set themselves up for success at the end of their two-year program meaning they have all the tools that they need to successfully get a job keep a job get fine permanent housing whether that's renting buying or owning their own home whether that's an educational aspect that they wanted to get a degree or at least start a degree before they ended their program. These are the tools that benevolent Farms help the residents reach before they get, before they are released from the program. Utilizing practices that are evidence-based. So we can see from other statistics around the nation that there are other houses, there are other programs such as Angela's House, which in Houston, that has shown that these programs truly do work and that they are a come up for, that they are a chance for women to be, to try to start their lives over and try to rebuild and regain their self and establish their self in society. Valuing and assuring self-determination. Um, so, and then the ongoing pursuit of self-awareness. I'll combine this too. So even in my research, like I, my goal was to help promote self awareness and self determination. My job was to, the goal was to help residents see themselves and find a purpose within themselves, the work they do on the farm, and the way they interact with the society. We even talked about and discussed self awareness, accepting wow. feedback as part of research that we did. And the self determining piece, termination piece, was really key as the residents or have to have that determination for themselves to be successful in this program. So they have to be willing to do the work. They have to be willing to take those chances and they have to be willing to go beyond what they knew before and be better than who they were before. And the farm really tries to help them reach these goals. And the farm demonstrated, this agency demonstrated incredible strong work ethics towards the principles like, Each thing that they do and every day they're intentional about how they work with the women, the jobs they give the women to do, and the goals that they help the women to reach. And so with Benevolence Farm having an 84% success rate of non-recidivism back into the community, while North Carolina alone recidivism rate is 32% for women, This is huge. And so as Benevolence Farms continue to grow, I hope to work with them even further in the future to see where they really take this program and to see where we can make the most impact and the biggest impact. Because not only do they assist residents who are living at the farm, if they do not, cannot accommodate somebody leaving a prison, they will try to connect them to other resources. So they want to become a universal and like a one-stop shop go-to spot. For individuals who are facing those formerly incarcerated charges and who are trying and willing to make better and do better for their own lives and who are willing to try and do better from where they was incarcerated. And again, I just want to thank you all for listening to this podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I really had an enjoyment being able to speak with you all and kind of share my experience of working at Benevolence Farm with you all. It has truly been a pleasure and an honor to work with them. And I want to say a special thank you to Jen Grimmett, who I was able to interview throughout this assignment and this podcast. And thank you to Dr. Professor Bernie.